As we start the new year, we want to spend some time intentionally praying and fasting to grow closer to God. And you might be familiar with prayer, but maybe even still have some questions. And fasting can be scary if you don't even know where to start. Well, today we're going to discuss what it's all about. Welcome to the New Community Church Podcast. Starting on January 6th, we're going to be joining together for 21 days of prayer and fasting. So as you listen to the message, take some notes on how God is challenging you to pray and fast as we begin the new year. Here is Pastor Aaron. Well, good morning, New Community Church. How are you guys doing this morning? Okay, I'm still Pastor Aaron. I know the dude looks a little bit different, but it's good to see each of you here this morning. I know we mentioned it a moment ago, but if you're our guest, this is your first time, or if you're watching this later this week online, we just want to welcome you and let you know we are excited that you're here with us starting off the new year, and we are kicking off this new year, as we mentioned, with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we want to, together as a church, to look at just starting this new year, kind of this decade off with focusing in our hearts and on God and what God wants to speak to us and how God wants to challenge us. And so today, I want to really talk in the message about what God would do and what God would encourage each of us to do as we begin this year to really focus our hearts and our lives um, on connecting with God and growing closer to God and what God may want to start to do in our life as we begin this year together. I was thinking about this idea of prayer and fasting, of connecting with God, and I thought about just maybe the way some of us see God in our interaction with God. I thought about my own life. I've developed this really bad habit of multitasking. I don't know if any of you guys do this, but I'll be sitting in my house, maybe in the living room on my computer, and my wife will come in or the kids will come in, and I can look at them, and I can have a conversation with them, and not really be paying any attention to what they're saying. I'm focused in on what I'm doing, on the email that I'm typing or what I'm doing. Sarah has figured this out, so she makes me shut the computer down. My kids take advantage of this. Dad, can we play video games? Sure, okay. Just um, So I've done this quite a bit, and, and I've had to develop this habit of stopping what I'm doing and really paying attention and listening to whoever it is that I'm having that conversation with. I think some of us, maybe we view God that he does that many times, that maybe God's up in heaven and he's really busy. There are almost 7 billion other people on the planet and there's wars and there's all of this injustice going on. And sometimes we view that that's what God does, that he kind of nods his head. Yes. Okay. At kind of the prayers that we're praying, but he's really focused in on other things. And over these 21 days, as we spend time with God, as we look at our own lives, as we spend time praying and fasting, I want our mindset to kind of shift and to change, to realize that this is a God who wants to be in relationship with us, who this is a God who really has our full attention. And because he is God and he's not like us, that he can, he desires to be close and to know us, to know the details of our life. And so as we begin to talk today, I want us to have that mindset of a God who desires relationship with us. And so we're looking at this idea of what does it look like to spend the next 21 days um, with this attitude of praying and fasting and really drawing closer to God and who God is. I want to start by talking about fasting. Maybe you've never done that or you've kind of heard of that idea, but it's this time where spiritually we set aside a certain amount of time and we say no to ourselves. 
maybe in different ways, but we say no to things that we desire, to things that we want, and we focus that idea, that, that energy, that focus in on God and drawing closer to who God is. We see this throughout scripture. And so if you're taking notes, and I'm gonna give you a lot of verses today, so I wanna encourage you to maybe grab that card in front of you or take out your smartphone. You can write some of these down and look at them again later. But over and over again in scripture, we see this discipline of fasting, of saying no to ourselves and focusing our desires on God. And so in Matthew chapter four, Jesus, the son of God, he, before he begins public ministry, before he chooses his disciples, before he teaches about the kingdom of God, he spends 40 days out in the desert, both day and night, he's praying and he's fasting. He's focusing in his heart on God and drawing closer to God. If that's something that Jesus did of saying, God, I want my heart to be in a deeper connection with you, that's a discipline we need in our life. In the book of Esther, in Esther chapter four, verse 16, the people of God, the Jewish people, their lives were in danger. A decree had been issued by the king that all of the Jewish people would be um, killed, that they would be executed on this certain day. And Esther is gonna go before the king and plead for the life of the Jewish people. And what does she do? She gathers her friends, she gathers the people that she knows there in the capital, and she says, hey, pray and fast. I want God's presence to go with me. I want God's spirit to be with me. I wanna say the right words. Her life was in danger even approaching the king, and she said, I want God to be with me in this moment. In the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 13, the church, as they're expanding the ministry, they're sending people out, they're getting ready to go do what God has called them to do. They spend time praying and fasting, worshiping God and fasting to connect their hearts and to hear what it is that God's spirit wants them to do. See, this is a discipline that we see over and over again in scripture. Let me explain what fasting isn't. So fasting is not us making a deal with God. Like, God, if I don't do this for a certain amount of time, I need you to do this. God, I need you to give me this promotion at my work. And so, God, I'll say no over here, but I need you to help me out in this relationship. I need this to take place. God, I need more finances. I need a bigger paycheck. That's not what fasting is. It's not twisting God's arm to get him to do something for us. Okay, fasting isn't just a New Year's resolution or a way to lose weight if you're fasting food, okay? That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is a spiritual connection and deepening our connection with God. And there's something that happens in church, I want you to hear this. There's something that happens in our life spiritually when we say no to ourselves. When we have that discipline of saying, okay, God, I'm saying no to something that I want, to something that I desire, to something that I crave, because I want to hear your voice more. And I wanna be more connected with you. Fasting has this way of moving us faster towards God. It can accelerate our spiritual connection, our spiritual growth, our spiritual maturity, when we're willing to take a time and to set aside a time and say no to ourselves and to focus our heart on our connection with God. So all throughout scripture, we see different types of fasts. We see, as I mentioned, Jesus fasts for 40 days and 40 nights, and he doesn't eat any food at all. He's only taking in liquids. And so that's how he does that. And, and as he's hungry, he's reminding himself, God, I want to be this hungry for you, God. I want this kind of spiritual appetite in my life, Lord. As I'm desiring food and bread to eat, Lord, I, I want to be that hungry for you. In other parts of scripture, in the book of Daniel, we see Daniel and these three um, men that are with him in this point of position, and they choose to limit the kind of food that they eat. So for um, the certain amount of days, they say, okay, we're only gonna eat 
vegetables and fruit, what can be grown, like that's all we're going to eat. We're not going to consume meat. We're not going to consume any dairy, like any of these things. We're going to really limit what we eat. And God used that to speak through them, to give them favor in the kingdom, to give them wisdom in what they were speaking to the king. So they did that. They limited what they ate. We've seen in other um, church history and other parts of scripture where people abstain from certain things. I know this is painful for some of you guys, but to take 21 days and say, okay, maybe junk food, maybe things that I eat, it may be sweets or things that, that I'm constantly craving. I love to do that at the end of the day, just go in the pantry, find something that relaxes me to say, hey, God, for this time, like I'll choose to say no to these things because I want a deeper hunger for you. I want a deeper desire for you. And so we see there's different types of fast. People fast, um, sometimes it's a certain amount. Sometimes it's one day a week. So to say, hey, uh, you know, I'm not going to eat on this certain day, or maybe it's a meal. So um, these two days, like I'll, I'll miss breakfast or I'll miss lunch. And, and so people that are abstaining from food or limiting their food, there's different ways that we do that. Now, let me pause and say this as we're challenging each other. If God, we want to fast. We want to spend these next 21 days fasting. We want to have wisdom along with our faith. Okay, so I want you to hear me on this. We want wisdom with our faith. I can remember about 20 years ago and about 100 pounds lighter, um, I went to someone that was spiritually mentoring me and I said, hey, I want to do a 40-day liquid fast. And they looked at me and they said, yeah, that's stupid. Okay, because when you fast like that, you tend to lose a lot of weight and I did not have 40 pounds to lose. And so they were like, hey, you can't do that. You, you need to pray and find something else. And so I want to challenge you as we're looking at this, that you need to have wisdom in your life. And there may be physical or medical limitations where you're not able to do that. And I don't want you walking away saying, Pastor Aaron said not to eat for the next 40 days. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. But I want us to pray and say, hey, what can that be? If you have medical limitations, there are other things that you can fast. And for some of you, it may be a bigger deal to say, hey, um, Every night when I come home, I watch my favorite TV show and to say, okay, God, I'm choosing these four nights not to do that, to shut off the TV and to spend some more time reading scripture and getting in God's word and hearing God speak to me through his word. For others of you, it may be deleting social media off of your phone and your computer. Hey, I'm taking a break for 21 days. And I'm going to spend that time that I usually take scrolling through pictures and commenting on people's photos and all of those things. And I'm going to spend that just spending some time praying and listening to the voice of God. Fasting is this process of saying no to ourselves because we're saying yes to God. We want that deeper desire. We want that hunger in our life to increase. And so over the next 21 days, I'm challenging you, whatever God would call you to fast, whatever you start to pray about and you think, okay, God, this is something that I could say no to that whenever that craving, whenever that desire comes, whenever you want to reach for that bag of chips or whatever that is, you want to turn on the TV, that you would say, God, help me to hunger for you. God, help me to desire you. Just like I want to do this right now, God, place that kind of desire for you inside of my life. And church, I believe that, that as we say no to ourselves, that God will increase. God will do something in our walk with him, in our closeness with him. And so we're going to just create some space here for a few moments to be able to listen to God. We're going to take about 60 seconds. And if you didn't already, grab one of those cards in front of you. It could be that connect card. It could be the prayer card. If you're taking notes on your phone, take out your smartphone. And I'm going to stop talking for just a few moments here, just a minute. And I want you to just think, maybe you already know. 
hey God, there's something I could say no to. Or God, maybe I could limit what I eat, God, and I could focus more attention on you. Maybe it's turning off the TV for a certain amount of time or it's saying no to social media. Whatever that is, I want you to write that down and then just to listen to God and say, God, how do you wanna grow me? How do you wanna challenge my life? So we're gonna put 60 seconds up there. I'm gonna stop talking and I want you to write something down. How is God or what's something God's calling you to fast and how are you gonna do that over the next 21 days? So you may have to continue writing later this afternoon or think about more of those details, but I want to challenge us as a church that we would do that, that we would take the next 21 days and say no to some things in our life. Now, as we're doing that, we're not just trying to kind of empty our life, but we're wanting to fill that space with God's presence and with a focus on who God is. And so that's why over and over again in scripture, when we open up God's word, when we read God's word, we see this process of saying no to ourselves, partnered with this process of prayer and talking with God and focusing more on God. And so it's not just saying no, and now I've got this empty space in my life, but it's saying yes to God and yes to what God wants to speak and yes to what God wants to challenge you with. And so I wanna look at these different ways that we see people praying in scripture and maybe even to think about our own life and starting with this idea right here that prayer is a conversation with God. I don't know how you view God or how your personal conversations with God go, but I wanna challenge you with this idea that this is a God who wants to talk with you and he wants to know what's going on in your life. And he wants to be close with us. As we read through scripture, we see that a God who desires relationship with us. And he wants to know what's happening in our life. If you have your Bibles open, turn to Genesis chapter three, or if you didn't bring a Bible with you, there is a blue Bible in the seat in front of you, and you can turn to page two right at the beginning. And I want you to see these words that we see at the very beginning. Genesis is the very start of creation. And God has created the world. He's placed man and woman, Adam and Eve, the first man and woman. He's placed them in the world that he's created. And it doesn't take that long before we as humans decide we know better than God. And we don't want to do things the way God wants us to. We want to do things our own way. And so Adam and Eve, they allow disobedience, they allow sin into the world. And this is what we read in chapter 3, in the midst of all of this going on, sin, the first sin entering in the world. This is what Genesis 3, um, verses 8 and 9 say right here. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife, Adam and Eve, they hid themselves 
from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But God called to the man and he said, Adam, where are you? Now, I was reading this again the other day and thinking about this this week and reading all of this kind of chapter. This is what stood out to me, that God's seeking after Adam and Eve, even as they've allowed sin to enter into the world. And I thought, God, you're controlling everything and you're making everything spin around and all of this stuff happen, even at the beginning of creation. And yet, how does God choose to spend his time? His time walks in the cool of the evening in the garden with the man and the woman that he's created. He wants to be near to them. And even as people, as we're running from the presence of God and trying to hide ourselves, knowing that we've messed up and we've made mistakes in our lives and we're trying to get away from God, what does God do? He calls out to him, hey, Adam, where are you at? It's that desire of God to be near to us and to be close to us. And that's what we see all throughout scripture. And sometimes we get caught up, like when we come to God, we just need to tell him what we want him to do. Like, God, I need you to do all of these things. And God's desire is for relationship. He wants to be near to us. He wants to be close to us. He wants to have that conversation with us. That's what we see over and over again in scripture. That's why the Bible describes him as a good heavenly father. I thought about it like this. Some of you guys um, know our kids. You guys may know Micah and Angela. They sing on the worship team. They help out in the student ministry. They also work at Chipotle. And so if you're in Chipotle and Terrell, you may see them. I like to go to their work and take random pictures of them um, when they're not paying attention. You can see they, they're not that excited to be there. Every day when they come home from work, I ask them, hey, how was your day today? Micah, because he's um, a young adult guy, this is his response, good. Angela, I know when I ask Angela that question, I better buckle in for about 10 or 15 minutes, okay? Because she's a talker. And she's going to tell me everything that happened in her day that day, who she worked with, if she was online or prep or cashier, who worked harder than she did, who didn't do their job as well as she did. If she saw anyone that she knew, the conversations, I'm going to get a full picture of Angela's day. I know that whenever I ask that question. And every time I ask that question, because I value the relationship, I'm embarrassing her. She's sitting right up here, but I value that relationship. And I'm not concerned about how Chipotle runs as a company or what it takes to serve food to people and make burritos. It's because I want to know about her life. And you guys, that's how God is. That's why Paul in Romans chapter eight, verse 15, that's why he says, you've not been given a spirit of servanthood that leads to fear. It's not like God's walking around saying, I need you to do this, get this done, build my kingdom. You have to do this. He says, no, you've been given a spirit of adoption. You are sons and daughters of the king. That's how God views you. And so God places his spirit inside of us. Romans 8, 15 says that he cries out, Abba, Father. That's that Hebrew word for dad or daddy. And he's saying, I'm putting my spirit inside of you in case you get so busy and you forget that I'm your heavenly father. I want this relationship with you. I desire to have a conversation with you. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but your prayer time there should be moments where you picture God pulling up a seat and saying, how is your day? What happened this week? Tell me about what took place in your life. How did you spend your time? What were your joys? What were your celebrations? What was disappointing? What was frustrating? And he just wants to listen. He wants to have a conversation with you. That's the kind of God that we serve. 
And church, we need those moments where we do that, where we don't rush to God with some long list of, God, I need you to do these things, but where we stop and we say, God, let me just tell you about what happened today. Let me tell you about what I'm feeling right now. And then we pause, we stop talking, and we listen and allow God to respond. Now, I'm telling you, you're probably not going to hear an audible voice. You're probably not going to hear something out loud. But in your heart, in your mind, God's Spirit wants to speak to you. And He wants to have that conversation with you. And so we're going to do that together this morning. Once again, for a minute, I'm going to stop talking. And I want you to forget about the person that you're sitting next to or who you're sitting beside. And I want you to imagine God has just pulled up a chair. And he's right here in this room meeting with you this morning. And he's asking this question, how was your week? And you're going to take a minute and you're just going to tell him, God, here's what went well. Here's what was disappointing. Here's what was frustrating. Here's what made me happy. And then just stop and listen and see if he encourages you. See if he challenges you in any way. You can pray out loud if you want to right where you're sitting at. You can pray in your mind, in your heart if you're more comfortable doing that. But let's take a moment. Let's have a conversation with God. He's asking you, how was your week? Let's talk to him. So I want to encourage you that over the next 21 days that you would practice that, that you would pause in moments throughout your day and just have a conversation with God. Another type of prayer that we see in scripture is moments or or this challenge to tell God you're sorry. It's a prayer of repentance where we make mistakes, we're human beings, we, we sin. Sometimes we choose to do things our own way instead of following God's plan and God's design in our life. And we need moments where we tell God that we are sorry. God, I've messed up, I've made a mistake. We see this in scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, where God's challenging us in this. And he says this, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now you may be asking, if God knows everything, why do I have to tell him the wrong stuff that I've done or when I've messed up? And God's reminding us in this verse that there's this act of repentance, of being open and honest with God. It's not that God needs that, but we need it. It brings healing into our life when we're able to be honest with God and say, hey, God, in this moment, I blew it. Man, I didn't listen to you, or I did things my own way. Or God, there was an attitude, there was something in my heart, maybe jealousy, maybe greed. God, maybe I was gossiping. And Lord, that's not what you want for my life. God, I didn't follow your spirit's lead in that moment. 
And when we're able to be open and honest with God, that's where healing comes in our life. We see this in the book of Psalms. If you still have your Bibles open, you can turn to Psalms chapter 51. It's in page 271 of that blue Bible there. You may be familiar with the person that wrote this story, um, David, who slew the giant Goliath. He killed the giant Goliath. He's king at this point, and this is one of the darkest moments in his life. He's had an affair, and the woman that he had an affair with, she gets pregnant, and David, to try to cover it up, has her husband killed, and then he thinks, okay, all of this is going to be okay, and God sends a prophet named Nathan, and he speaks through the prophet named Nathan, and God speaking says, hey, David, I know your sin. I know what you've done. I know that you're trying to cover it up, and this is David's Prayer, in Psalms 51, we see David's response to God. This is what he says. He prays, God, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgments. And then skipping down a few verses, he goes on to say this, hide your face from my sin and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a, a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. I love this about the Bible that some of the heroes of our faith, the Bible doesn't try to hide their mistakes. Like we're told right out, here's what David did. And then we see this amazing, honest moment with God where David's saying, hey, I blew it. I messed up, God. I did some things that were outside of your will and people got hurt around me. And God, I can't fix this myself. Like I can't do anything about this on my own. God, I need your help. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to restore me, God. I need your spirit back in my life because I've walked away from you, Lord, and I need you here in this moment. And church, we, eat, we all have moments like that where we need to be honest with God. If you think you're hiding your sin, you're only fooling yourself. God knows what you've done. And the healing that we're searching for, the healing that we need, the forgiveness and the restoration, it comes when we're willing to vocalize that and to say, God, here's what I've done. God, here's the addiction in my life. God, I'm just going to be honest. I, I feel like I keep struggling in this one area of sin, and I don't want that, God. I want to surrender that to you. Would you help me, Lord? Would you do something in my life? Would you place your spirit inside of me and bring freedom? We need those open and those honest moments. A part of our prayer life is telling God you're sorry. To say, God, I've messed up here. I've, I've done something wrong. And so once again, we're going to just create space. We're going to take a moment and we're going to do this. Now, I will say in this moment, you may not want to pray out loud because you're sitting next to other people. And I want you to be totally honest with God. And if there's sin that you've not confessed to God in your life, and it may be things that people that are close to you, they don't even know about, you've been hiding. In this moment, I want you to be real with God. And you don't have to say it out loud, but just in your heart or in your mind, I want you to vocalize that. God, here's my sin. This is what it is, Lord. And God, I need to be restored. God, I need to be cleansed. God, I need your forgiveness. And I need you to work inside of my life. And then once again, maybe take a moment and just pause and just allow his spirit to speak to you. And so let's do that together.
And so I just want to challenge you to make that a part of your prayer life. 1 John 1, 9 says that, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And so as you need to throughout your days, throughout your weeks to say, God, here's what's honestly going on in my life. Here's some of the mistakes that I've made, God, and I need you to restore me. I need you to renew me. There's one last prayer that we find in the Bible or type of prayer that we see in scripture that I want to encourage you with. It's found in the book of Acts in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. There are two disciples that have just been imprisoned and persecuted for sharing about what Jesus did, about his death and his resurrection. There are leaders in the city that they're in that they're saying, hey, we don't want you to speak about God anymore. And they said, we can't help but share the love of God and what God has done. And so whenever they're released from prison, they come together with the church and they begin to lift up their voice and pray. And this is what happens as they pray. It says this in Acts chapter four, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And we see this over and over again in the book of Acts that there's something powerful when the church, the people of God, when they're coming together and they're lifting up their voice and they're praying that as we pray corporately, corporate prayer, it has this power to it that God does something as we're all focused on the same thing, as we're united in our voices and we're lifting up our voices, that God does something amazing, that they were filled with this boldness. Instead of being afraid, instead of being intimidated, instead of allowing that experience to stop them, they begin to do it all the more to share the love of God and to spread the gospel and the good news that they had heard. We see it again in Acts chapter 13. I mentioned this earlier, but this is what it says in Acts 13 too. It says that when they were worshiping together the Lord and they were fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke to them. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on Barnabas and Saul and they sent them off to do the work of the Lord. That as the church gathered together, that God began to speak something. Hey, this is what I want you to do. This is what I'm calling you to. This is the ministry that I want to happen inside of you. That God was filling them full of his spirit so they could do the work that God was challenging them to and where God was directing them in their life. And so there's something powerful when we join together. That's why over the next 21 days, you're not praying by yourself. You're not the only one, but we're focusing our prayer together for what God wants to do, for how God wants to use us. You're praying for people that you know in the church, and I wanna encourage you to do that, to lift up your voice, to ask God for them while they're at work and their family over their finances, that God would bless them, that God would use them this year, that we're praying for one another. There's a power when we join together. And so from day to day, although we may not be in one room together, we're going to be lifting up our voice and you're not doing this alone. And so I want to encourage each and every one of us to be a part of this. Now, I want to tell you on January 21st, we are going to come together and we're going to have a night of prayer here. I'm at the church. We did this this past fall and it was just such a powerful time of us coming together, uniting in prayer, asking God to move in our life and each other's lives in the church that God would use us and continue to allow us to reach our community. And so there's that powerful time of us coming together. I'm telling you a few weeks ahead of time so you can make room in your schedule because I want you to be here. 
I want your faith to be encouraged as you hear others pray, as you lift up your voices, you're praying for others as God ministers. And I believe God's spirit's gonna speak to us in that time for what he wants to do. And so we're gonna have that corporate time of prayer together, but also for the next 21 days, I wanna challenge you to be praying for what God wants to do in our church. We've been talking about this, that we're gonna be sharing a five-year vision of what we believe God is calling us to and how he's calling us to engage in our community and continue to reach out. And we're calling that multiply. Over the next three weeks, we're gonna be talking about it. But I wanna encourage you, if you call NCC your church home, be praying for the vision. Now, don't only pray for what God wants to do in your life personally, but what does God wanna do in us corporately? What could happen if hundreds of us were submitting our life to Christ, that we're saying no to ourselves and yes to God? And what could he do to launch us forward and to cause us to continue to minister to people and our works could be changed, our schools could be changed, our families could be changed as we devote our hearts to God. There's something powerful that happens as we unite together. And so that's how I wanted us to close our time together this morning, is that we would take a moment, we would just lift up our voice together. And for these next, this next minute, we're not gonna pray for ourselves as individuals. We're gonna pray for the church corporately. And we're gonna ask God for what he wants to do this year. You may be standing next to someone you know or sitting next to someone you know, and, and you may lift them up. God, use them in their workplace. God, use them in their family. God. I wanna pray your blessings over their life. Or it may just be, God, what are you calling us to do to continue to reach our community, continue to reach students and kids? We wanna lift up our voice. And so in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet and we're just gonna close our time together. I'm gonna lead out, but I want you to pray. And I wanna challenge you to pray with boldness, to pray in faith to pray for God that this year would be a new year as we step into this kind of new decade in this new season, that God would do something amazing in our church and through our lives. And so if you would join me this morning, go ahead and stand to your feet. And once again, don't just listen to me pray. I'm gonna be leading out, but lift up your voice, pray out loud, ask God to use our church to minister to our community and those around us. Let's lift up our voice together. God, we come before you. And we know this, Lord, you hear us when we pray, God. We can trust that, God, that you are attentive to our voice. And so we lift up our voice together, God, and we're praying for that, God, that your spirit would fill us. God, that you would give us the power to walk in boldness, Lord, to share your love, God, to share your power, God, to share your goodness with those that are around us, God. And so I pray for that, God, this year as we go into our schools, as we're in our workplace, God, as we're around our family, Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us, God. Give us that kind of boldness. Holy Spirit, speak to us and direct us, Lord, how you want us to minister to others, God, how we can share your love, God. We're believing that you're going to use the church, NCC, God, to make a difference, God, to make an impact, to change lives, God. And we believe that, that throughout our community, Lord, we are going to see that happen, Lord. People are going to be changed because our hearts and our lives are open to you, God. Do this, we pray in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Join us for 21 days of prayer and fasting from January 6th to the 27th. Pray for the future of NCC and choose one thing to intentionally fast during this time so it'll help draw our hearts close to God. Here at NCC, we're all about making people and places new and we wanna know how we can help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co. We would love to hear from you.